Welcome to Threads of Enlightenment, your journey into personal growth. The splendor of any decision is after you've made it, all that remains to be seen are its consequences. My name is Ken Primus. I am your host. Here at Threads of Enlightenment, we talk about the principles of self-development and personal growth. By having conversation with people, who have walked through their journey of personal growth. We believe that everyone at some point in their life will have to deal with one or more of these principles to have the privilege of focusing on their self-development as humans. These principles, when applied, can help you to become the best self possible. Welcome to Threads of Enlightenment, your journey into personal growth. The splendor of any decision is after you've made it, all that remains to be seen are its consequences. My name is Ken Primus, I am your host. Here at Threads of Enlightenment, we talk about the principles of self-development and personal growth. By having conversation with people, who have walked through their journey of personal growth. We believe that everyone at some point in their life will have to deal with one or more of these principles to have the privilege of focusing on their self-development as humans. These principles, when applied, can help you to become the best self possible. Welcome to another episode of Threads of Enlightenment. As you know, it is my belief that once the presenter comes, that we honor them as we should, because the Bible tells us that we are to honor each other. And I want to honor all my guests that present here because they have their story, their life. They come and they trust us with the information so that we can get to know them on a deeper level. It is my honor to welcome Jerry to come to a uh, Threads of Enlightenment. Jerry, thank you for presenting tonight. Well, I appreciate that, Ken. And first of all, I'm humbled. I, I can't tell you how honored I am to be here with you today. And thank I'm just you. excited for this conversation. Thanks for having me. I can't wait. You're welcome. Tell us a little about yourself. I know um, I, I always tell people this, you know, that um, uh, when they come to present all the things that they have accomplished, because that is a... Um, a product of their journey, but then we go back in Threads of Enlightenment and get to know the journey. So tell right. us about the product, all the uh, the things that you have created out of your journey, uh, books, all of the other things. I appreciate that. Well, I'll just give you a little background. I'm a 57-year-old man in London, Ontario, Canada. Most people have no idea where London, Ontario, Canada is, but it's just a couple hours west of the city of Toronto. And I've, I grew up here. I married my childhood sweetheart, the girl, the only real girlfriend I ever had. Nice. And when we left school, university, uh, we married. And mm-hmm. at, at that point there, that was in 1992. And we've gone on to have four children, all of them now in their 20s. 
and they're excelling wow. um, well in their life. And so they've certainly been a godsend. And, you know, we're very happy about um, the life we have and we're excited about what the future holds for us as well. Nice, nice. Um, as a result of your journey, I know we are going to get into some of that. Um, along with your son's journey, we'll talk about yours. Um, and uh, it is my belief, Jerry, once we hit this planet, we begin to be programmed. Yes. We are programmed by our, as I mentioned, our our family and so forth. I know a lot of people call it a house, but I call it the lab. So right. we have scientists not sure about the type of, um, uh, uh, I want to say, the formulas that they use. They take some from their mom and their dad and wherever, a couple of books that they read and they begin to experiment on us. So yes. talk to me about some of those uh, beliefs that were instilled in you as a young man um, in your home, if you can explain a little about your family unit as well. Perfect. I'm, I'm the youngest of four boys. There's four years between us, so my mom, mm -hmm. God love her, she's no longer with me. The <laughs> Lord took her home, but she was an incredible mom. She had four boys, like I mm -hmm. said, four years separating. So I, I was raised in a Christian household. My grandparents mm -hmm. were very strong in their faith, my aunts and uncles and my parents. So for me growing up, we didn't have a lot of money, mm -hmm. but we had a foundation, a spiritual foundation, and, and there was a lot of comfort in our lives growing up with that. And so from a security point of view, it I always had that growing up. Yeah. But from an earthly point of view, mm -hmm. I wanted to go out and become successful in my life. Mm -hmm. And so when I grew up and I um, went away to school and, and I graduated from school, my number one focus, a moment of shame to say this now, was to go out, work hard, make a lot of money, buy a home, mm -hmm. have some nice cars, <laughs> and, um, and and raise a family. Now, I, I think for the most part, that's not a bad thing to do because I, I, you know, I wanted to have a great life, and I was still a strong believer in Christ, and my faith yeah. was still yeah. very important to me. But one of the funny things happened is as I had success in my life and I was earning money and we bought a home and things started happening, I, I fell into this mode of living in the world, not just I should be of the world, but mm -hmm. I was actually living in the world with all the influences around me. And I started to get distracted and, and earthly things became a lot more important to me than even my spiritual well-being. Mm-hmm. And one of the crazy things happened, Ken, is that when I started relying on my myself and my own way of thinking and the world systems, things began to get a lot more difficult for me. <laughs> and so it brought me back to life. But some significant things that happened is our very first child, Thomas, he was born in 1993. He's 28 mm -hmm. years old now. When he was born, he was born premature. So he was born at 27 weeks. He was two pounds, five ounces. Mm -hmm. And he was a twin. And on the day he was born, we unfortunately lost his twin brother. Mm -hmm. And so from the get-go, my wife and I, it wasn't that storybook experience that I had envisioned life would be at that point. Yeah. And yeah. So, yeah. And so what happened is that he was in the uh, neonatal intensive care unit in London, Ontario for 10 weeks. Wow. You know, it was touch and go at times. And we finally brought him home and, you know, we were able to start our perfect little family. Mm -hmm. but it was never perfect. And it yeah. certainly didn't go the way we thought it wanted to go because about eight months in, he was diagnosed as being profoundly deaf. Wow. And as, 
as a father for me, that was an incredibly difficult thing because I didn't know anybody deaf and how is he going to function in life? Mm-hmm. And so that was really tough for me. And, and you know, I, I started to get back on my knees yeah. and asking the Lord for guidance and how I'm going to do this. And then about a year later, he was exhibiting some really different characteristics and behaviors, and he was diagnosed as being autistic. Mm. Wow. It's and so I'm just throwing my hands in the air and saying, Lord, I don't understand this. I, I yeah. I don't I I can't be a good father of a deaf child. How am I going to be a good father of a deaf autistic child? Because again, I had no react or I had no experience with this whatsoever. So it was a really difficult time. And fortunately for me, the Lord blessed me with this incredible woman in my life. Mm-hmm. Because my wife doesn't take excuses and she doesn't make excuses. <laughs> she's a fixer that's, and that's so a good she grabbed the bull by the horns and said, uh, Jerry, to, to have by your side <laughs> it, it's amazing is that she's yeah it was and you know what like i'm sure deep down in 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 the the, the, the sort of like the recesses of her heart she was breaking yeah but she never showed it and she said this was the the this was the hand we were dealt yeah and we're going to make it work and i'm going to tell you over a three or four year period of time this is before Google, mobile phones, computers, mm-hmm. anything. She was on the road going to appointments, making phone calls, sending letters, contacting people. And because of her, my son was able to thrive and wow. do quite well. Wow, that is awesome. That, yeah. Is, um, yeah. that is a formidable person to have by your side. I mean, it's uh, congratulations on that, that uh, God uh, was yeah. able to gift you with such a treasure. Um, yeah, that is able to support both you and your son. Absolutely. And the, and the amazing thing was that is that when our son started, we started understanding where we were and the steps we wanted to take. Mm-hmm. It was going to be a challenge. Um, my wife and I made a conscious decision never to label our child, this, despite the fact that the, the experts and all the educators, you know, he was deaf and he was autistic and he had severe learning challenges. My wife and I decided we would never label him in the house. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't we wouldn't treat him anything less than exceptional. And to normalize his life, we went ahead and had three more children. Wow. <laughs> so he'd have a big family yes. and he would be a part of this incredible safety net. Mm-hmm. And it, 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 he thrived. Now, academically, can he never excel past a grade one, two level with regards to his reading, writing, and math skills? Mm-hmm. And socially, he's he was very awkward, and he still is. But he was able to grow up in an environment where he believed if he wanted something, and it yeah. was important enough, that he could actually go out there and attain it. Mm-hmm. And that's how we raised our other kids. And, you know, and, and this was all by the guidance of, of God, because we always prayed over it. We, we always turned our children over to God and said that we're just pieces that you can use to mold these children. And, and yeah. so they, they, they've always been raised with their faith. But um, if I can tell you a funny story about the, the story I wrote about my son, Thomas. Yeah, go ahead. In, in around 20, 21 years old, he came to his mom and I and says, look, I want to get a driver's license and buy a car. Mm-hmm. And quite honestly, all the experts, all the teachers and the, you know, the therapists and that we'd had over the course of our life, we talked to them about this and they said, and quite honestly, the, the probability of that is almost impossible. Yeah. And so we knew that and it broke our heart that we would have to tell him that, no, he couldn't do that, especially since we tried our best to empower him entire life. Yeah. And what was even more discouraging is his younger siblings were beginning to get their cars. 
And so if he yeah. saw them driving and he wasn't able to do that, yeah. we know that was going to have a major effect on his self-esteem yeah. and his yeah. self-worth. Mm-hmm. But I'm telling you, he didn't care what we thought. He didn't yeah. care what the experts thought. He was very resilient mm-hmm. in wanting to get a driver's license and buy a car. Mm-hmm. So my wife and I very reluctantly, but cautiously and optimistically said, okay, let's see what we can do. At the very least, if we try to do these things and it doesn't work out, at least he will see that it wasn't meant to be. Yeah. So we went on a three or four year journey of putting a plan together, working with him and telling him certain things would have to take place. And I'm going to tell you, and we prayed, believe me, we mm-hmm. prayed over that yeah, yeah. all so much. And I remember miraculously people were coming into our life mm-hmm. that would help. Yeah. For example, the biggest challenge was going to be um, in Canada to get your G1, the first stages of your license. It's a written test. Yeah. And it's based on um, driving and it's based on signs and that. And we knew that his reading and writing skills were that of a grade one, two level. And mm-hmm. I looked at that manual and I said, there is no way in the world <laughs> he's going to be able to pass this. And out of the blue, we were calling a lot of agencies and deaf associations and that if anybody could help us and understanding the circumstances we were in. And we weren't getting a lot of light. And then one day we get a call from somebody who says, look, there's a gentleman that recently immigrated to Canada from Lebanon. Mm-hmm. He's deaf. He's deaf, but he's also a pathologist, and he reads lips. Mm. He heard of your story, and he would like to actually help. Mm. (laughs) And so we go, okay. So he met with us, and we explained the challenges. And again, this guy's now getting his PhD at the local university here in London. Yeah. And he's willing to invest this time with Thomas. Mm. And so he would meet with Thomas twice a week for three-hour sessions at the um, the local library. Mm Mm-hmm. And for the first couple months, Ken, nothing happened. It was just, it was frustrating and they were trying to do something. And then something phenomenal occurred that the fella who was working with my son started seeing patterns of learning strategies that nobody had ever seen before. Mm. Wow. And things, and things started to change and we were excited. And and I know (laughs) Thomas was excited and his instructor was excited. And over the next three months, he started consuming and understanding the information, and he started scoring over 75% and now all these mock exams. Uh-huh. That's the threshold to pass the exam. Yeah. And when he, five months later, when he went ahead to write the exam, he got 38 out of 40 on one and 39 out of 40 on the other. Wow. <laughs> that is incredible. And it was. That it is was. Incredible. And, 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 yeah, and so he was excited, and now he was able to drive. So my wife and I, for the next – three or four months would sit in the driver's seat of the car because now he could drive, but with a licensed driver in him. And we would, for three months, we stayed in parking lots going around the the lights and the parking (laughs) spots. And then he's graduated to the city streets and the city roads and then the county roads. And it was just an incredible experience. That is a wonderful story. I have a thing that I say, uh, Jerry, that I try to tell people as I study the Bible and go deeper into it. I was aware, I was made aware of a um, principle that I never saw before about uh, a mission statement, a statement of faith uh, that you have to make and you can get it from the word of God because there's so many promises in there concerning certain situation, anxiety, you could pull out healing, all those things, there's statements of faith in it. 
But you can right. also get your statement of faith within your situation. The woman yes. of, with the issue of blood, she said, if I but touch the hem of his garment, um, the uh, uh, centurion soldier said, um, all I need you to do is say the word, don't come to my house. Jesus said, you sure? He said, yeah, I don't need you to. So his, yeah. we have to make the statement of faith. And mm-hmm. uh, your son made it. And I believe that once we make that thing, the scripture says, and I know we, we as Christians quote, misquote this scripture because of the interpretation of it. It says, uh, there's a scripture that says, decide, um, decree a thing and it shall be established. But the original language doesn't say decree. It says, decide the thing and it shall be established. And you have to right. decide it first, uh, Jerry, before you even can decree it. So. Yeah. When I love hearing your stories because the, the, your your son decided, and it shall be established, meaning yeah. that God and the 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 faith that was released within His statement will definitely one hundred percent pull the people in, pull the situations yes. into that because the the word was released with faith right and it'll call everybody that needs to be there to make that thing possible it, it, i've seen it a hundred million times since i since i got that revelation on that and i started rehearsing my life of looking at uh declarations that people say even businesses it is called a mission statement it guides yeah. the business and they are it Pulls people, they hire people, Jerry, based on that mission statement. So exactly, he, that was a beautiful thing that your your son did. He established his mission statement, and all you guys went to work to make it happen. <laughs> yeah. Now you know what's funny is that that was the first half of the story, and so he drove around, and we did this for a while, and. Then his next stage was, I want to get the next part so he can drive all by himself. Yeah, Uh I'm sure. (laughs) Yeah, and so what we did is we started making calls again, and we were unsuccessful finding somebody. There was no deaf instructors. Yeah. So we had to find somebody to sit in there and explain to him the do's and don'ts on the road and teach him how to be safe on the roads, you know, contrary to what his mom and I were showing him. And then um, one of the driving schools called us up and said, look, we have a gentleman here who's worked with a deaf person in the past. He would like to work with your son. <laughs> and over a three-month period of time, they met weekly and sometimes um, twice weekly. And then he went and done his driving test. And I, I will tell you, Ken, the most nervous I've ever been in my life, mm-hmm. I've had four children, I've done a lot of things, was when he pulled out of that parking lot with the driving, the, the person who was going to evaluate his driving in the um, passenger side yeah. and was gone yeah. for 15 minutes doing this driving test and coming back. Mm-hmm. I was so nervous. I was praying, and I, you know, but I did realize. I said, "Lord, you wouldn't have taken him on this journey for this to happen, yeah. not yeah. to get it." The driving um, proctor, when she got out of the car, looked at me and gave me a thumbs up, and I, and so he, he was liberated. He yeah. was, you know, basically free. It, it. We didn't realize how important this was for his life yeah. to, to basically have this control over it. So he drove our cars into the ground. He went everywhere except the gas station. Mm-hmm. We were the ones that had to put gas in these cars. <laughs> he but he, during this whole time, he also wanted to buy a car. So from the get-go, his mother had him taking $200 a month out of his bank account yeah. and saving it. Right. So he, after four, three and a half, four years, 
he'd saved seven, eight thousand mm-hmm. dollars, and he went and bought a car, nice. and paid for the insurance. And and I, I'm telling you, it was. I, I think about this moment, and I realized the Lord didn't saddle me with a burden. Yeah. He didn't even saddle me with a child. Yeah. What He gave me was what I needed in my life. Mm-hmm. He need, He gave me humility. Yeah. He gave me a teacher, somebody through this beautiful little child that was two pounds, five ounces, born three months early. Yeah. He gave yeah. me this message, this thing that I could pour my life into. And my son now is one of my greatest teachers. Mm. I learned yeah. humility. I learned perseverance. I learned that, you know, what um, what's the Lord's put on our hearts yeah. can never be taken away. Yeah. It's so it, it, it turned in. So I was so inspired by what he did. I, I wrote it down and I put it into a, a short story because I'm not a, a, a big writer, but I put it into a short story and it's about 3,500 words. It's a 20 minute read. And I, I just did it for my benefit yeah. at first. Mm-hmm. And I shared it with some people and a friend of mine who's um, a former school teacher, he looked at this and said, Jerry, you know, this is a, this is something that can inspire people because he came from the education industry. So he edited it for me. We turned it into an ebook. Mm-hmm. And I just shared it on my social media links. I didn't advertise it or anything. And people started sharing it. And, you know, this story in the course of a, a year has gone worldwide. It's sold and read worldwide. And I'm hearing from people how it's inspiring them. Yeah. And and so I've used this story to be the foundation for my Success Academy, which I started because I now realize my mission in life mm-hmm. is to share Thomas's story mm-hmm and inspire other people to become and do everything they want. And starting the Success Academy is the best way and most natural way for me, because of my background, yeah. for me to go out there and do that. I think um, the wisdom is, of God is unsearchable. Mm. Um, yes. None of us could plan something like that, could we? Uh, uh, so You couldn't write that. Uh, You're right. You, it has to be true. You can't write yeah, this so, story. The wisdom of God is so superior to ours, and we don't know uh, when things happen and how it happens and how it will look, but he knows how it looks. And what he recommends and uh, require from us is that relationship with him, that faith and trust in him. And he will, in time, reveal those things to us. And I think as you go through, and I always say, to people. That's why I ask you to tell us what you have accomplished because the journey, what we have accomplished is simply um, a output, a, a, a manifestation of our journey. And uh, the gift that you and I get as we come out, uh, um, out of the journey, but we're, we're always on one, but as we come out of that particular journey, we are privileged with the honor to be able to become servants to people. And you talk about uh, putting the academy together for that purpose. Um, yes. Talk to me about this, Jerry, because um, I know it for you to transition from uh, the, uh, the job and all that stuff to come to that field must have been a nice yes. little journey on your own for yourself. Talk to me about some of those uh, apprehensions, some of those things that you had to deal with in order to move towards that side? Well, I'll tell you when, um, I appreciate that. When I left university, I went 100% in the business and 100% commission sales. Yeah. 
So I've, I've had a business background and I dealt in the financial services industry for over 20 years. And so I was used to talking to people and I did, and I opened up some offices and built my own company a couple of times. And so I was used to mentoring people mm -hmm. and helping them personally develop. But what happened, the unique thing about this is, first of all, when I started the academy, I was 55 mm -hmm. and I felt, okay, Jerry, I'm 55. Maybe I'm too old. Mm -hmm. Maybe nobody's going to listen to me. Maybe my tires are worn out and you know, and then COVID came along and, you know, this just gave me an incredible opportunity to sort of like the retool. And the, I felt this, the Lord was just, you know, almost putting an anointing on me to, it's it's my time now, yeah. Jerry, mm -hmm. it's your time yeah. now. And so I started putting this thing together, but I had some incredible revelations take place. I had a specific definition of success. Yeah. I had a specific thinking in my mind that to become truly successful, we all have varying degrees of success. Mm -hmm. But to be truly successful, that big-time success, you had to look a certain mm -hmm. way. You had to have a certain pedigree, a background, an education. Yeah. And although I didn't come from a wealthy family in that, I was reasonably intelligent. So I always fit into that definition myself. So when I had success in my life, you know, it all made sense. Yeah. But when my son, who didn't fit into that definition, <laughs> had success as a 54, 55-year-old man, I had to redefine and re what my definition of success meant. Mm -hmm. And two, and so I went, as silly as it sounds, I went right to Google and I started, I put in success and I was just getting as much information about what do other people think about? What does it truly mean? Yeah. And I came across this incredible quote from Earl Nightingale that I'd heard years ago, but this time it resonated with me. And he says, success is the progressive realization of a worthy ideal. Mm -hmm. And I went, that's exactly what it yeah. is. You know, and a worthy ideal to me is something that's ethical and it's, you know, God's will and yeah. that. So, it, you know, if you're constantly yeah. moving towards that, you're a successful person. And so I, I dealt, dug deeper and deeper into it. I just went on a, a, a deep dr um, drilling drive <laughs> for a long time. And then one day I had this incredible epiphany happen that I realized two significant things about success. And this became the foundation of the New Millennial Success Academy. The first one I realized that success was structural, it wasn't personal. Yeah. And what I mean by this, it's not just reserved for a few people. Mm -hmm. It has actual structure. It has, it has everything to do with our thought patterns, understanding why we think why we, um, how we do and, and how to change those thought systems and put things in alignment mm -hmm. so that they work. So that was the first thing. And then the second thing that came very obvious to me at that time was that systems were more important than skill set, mm -hmm. meaning that it doesn't matter how intelligent you are or that if you don't have a system that is tried and true and works, it doesn't matter how hard you work or how smart you think yeah. you are, it, it's not going to make a difference. So what I did is I, by redefining my own definition, I went back of 30 years of material of that I got from my mentors yeah. and things I did myself. And I, you know, I went through it with a fine tooth comb and I took the things out and I swear the good Lord was leading me through this of the things that I could take that could impact people immediately in their life mm -hmm. now so that they could get themselves out of this funk they're in. Because for me, I don't know if things are where you are, but there seems to be a great sense of hopelessness yeah. and a great sense of depression worldwide. I know where I live, like I've never seen before. Yeah. So there has never been a better time so that I can help people empower, empower their mm -hmm. thoughts. So that no, just because you think a certain way, 
doesn't mean that's who you yeah. are. Doesn't mean that your destination, where you are right now, is how you're going to spend the rest of your life. You can change course and you can get where you want to go. And that was the whole idea. So, you know, our, our academy is based on three different foundations based on our basically our mindset, our influence in life, and our careers. But right now, we're in the process of releasing our very first course, and it's called the the, the Success Mindset Masterclass, where it allows people to get a hold mm-hmm. of their minds and understand just because you think a certain way, that's not who you yeah. are. You said it earlier that that's your environment. That's what you were taught mm-hmm. from the day you, you were born. born. But that doesn't have to be permanent. You can uninstall yes. that stuff and install the right that's things. That's the whole thing about life. Um, the fact that you have the opportunity. And I keep telling people we are greater than the sum of all of those beliefs that they try to instill, yeah, instill into us. We are greater than that. And because we are greater than that, we the majority of us are always on uh, we're not restful in our spirit with what we have it doesn't matter even millionaires are the same because they would not have been killing themselves so much and all of these things so the spirit of that man is restless and desires something else and because we are spiritual it comes out of the spiritual realm you cannot get it from the material realm it cannot and so it will never be satisfied. Yeah. So you must have a conversation with your God and yourself. And based upon that conversation, the Bible says you're going to love me. If you can't love yourself yes. and your relationship with your God, why? Because from that relationship, you're going to learn about love. You're going to learn how to forgive yourself because you are, you're looking at yourself going, I'm, I'm, I'm the worst thing ever hit the planet. You're going to learn how to uh, be, uh, empathize with yourself. You're going to learn how to forgive. You're going to learn how to do all these things to yourself from your relationship with your God. And then you can turn around and look at me and go, I can forgive you. I can love you. Right. I can, I, you know, because why? You learned that somewhere else from your relationship. And if you haven't done that, Jerry, you can't. You can't move on at all. No. So that spirit of the man is the place and it desires a conversation at some point in time. And um, uh, those who are willing to have that conversation will change the world. Absolutely. You know, the time Absolutely. is ready because uh, I believe COVID came because it's time. We were so busy that it is giving us a opportunity to reset what is our true value in life. We began to look at ourselves. Yeah. This disease came and it separated us. We couldn't touch each other. One of the most basic human need out there on this planet. We couldn't partake in it. Why? Because it was time for you to have this individual conversation. And because uh, the Western civilization has plugged into TV, the phone, everything, because they're afraid to have that conversation with themselves because they don't know. They don't know what they will see. They're afraid of what they're going to see. But this time demands it. Are you going to have it or not? And then now we see corporations are having that conversation. And I believe because of this war now, we're seeing the leaders are having this conversation, seeing the world stage is having this conversation. What is important to man? So let's see what happens. There is going to be that conversation that... 
you know, it's it's out there, man. It's funny, Kim. When all this started, um, two of my kids were still in school, and my daughter was going in the nursing school, and so this shut her off. And I know, as a twenty-year-old young woman going to school, the social part of that is just as important yep. a lot of times as the academic mm-hmm. side of it. And so <clears throat> she, they were distressed, and they really were. And um, she, she's, she loves Christ. And so, you know, she, she prayed a lot. And I, I, and one day I sat down, I said, honey, you understand that this didn't come as a surprise to yeah. God. He didn't one day go, wow, I didn't see that coming. I said, he's in control of all things. So please understand that no matter what's going on in the world today, politically, it doesn't make a difference. Yeah. He still has a plan. He knew this was going to happen and his plan for you and his life. Is still, still alive. alive and well. Yeah. And you know what? He is going to use this experience mm-hmm. that you're going to bow yeah. up, honey. You're not going to yeah. bow out. And that's what she used this entire experience to, you know, get stronger in her faith, get stronger in her own personal yeah. health, you know, focus on her things. And I'm telling you, she is no longer a 21-year-old woman. She's a 35-year-old incredibly inspired, strong, powerful yeah. woman because yeah. of this. And, um, you know, I don't think we could have done that if we didn't have faith in yeah. our house. That, I, I believe, that would yeah. not have happened. Faith is the key. And I tell people, it's, uh, it is the, uh, the, the force by which everything was created. And because yeah. when someone walks in faith, uh, it supersedes every law. Jesus walked on water. Peter yeah. walked on water. The law of gravity. Um, he raised the dead. People die. He raised them up. He broke every law um, right. that there was. He even told the fish to go down, pick up some money, and bring it back up. How in the world is that even thing? He broke yeah. the law uh, um, as far as multiplication with food. These are things that yes. can only be accomplished by faith. And because, why? Because faith was the substance that created everything in this universe and the ones that are outside of it. So then that law supersedes every single law that is on this planet. And so the Bible tells us that those people that walk with that law in their life, they will do tremendous things. He said, you can say to them, the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I love, I remember yeah, running down as a you kid. Look at this mountain and say, up, and it'll move. That's how powerful yeah. the person that operates with yeah. that force and is a reality within their life. Um, Jerry, here you are, you're doing all these wonderful things, and I'm, I'm excited about this. So, you have started this, uh, uh, the um, academy and so forth. Um, how can people get into this so that they can uh, be a part of that training that you have uh, 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 put together? Okay, great. Um, I, I, I'll start with the short story. It's called Thomas's mm-hmm. Desire. And it's like I said, it's 3,500 words. It's a 20-minute read. You can go to our website and get this at www.newmillsuccess.com. So it's N-E-W-M-I-L-L-S-U-C-C-E-S-S.com. So it's newmillsuccess.com. You can go on to all the social media platforms and find me, Jerry Hall. If you just go Jerry Hall, New Millennial Success Academy, 
you, you can find me on those. I have a little challenge because there's a more famous Jerry <laughs> Hall in the world, Mick Chagas and Rupert Murdoch's wife. So it's hard to navigate around it, but I'm out there. Now, the, the wonderful thing about Thomas's story, Thomas's desire, is that it's only five mm-hmm. bucks because um, I want to get the word out. It just covers some of the costs. But part of the proceeds will also go to help autism and deafness mm-hmm. as well, too. So we wanted to make it um, a share from that point of view. And then if you go to my social media feeds in that I keep people up to date daily with content and videos of when we're doing certain things at the Academy. Like I said, in the next two weeks, we're releasing our first um, master class. It's going to be about eight modules. It's going to be about 10 hours long. And I'm telling you, I honestly believe it's the best work I've ever done before in my life because I believe that when somebody starts this course, they're going to be a completely different person. They're going to be transformed. They're going to now understand why they think the way they think. They're going to understand that they have control over their thoughts. They're not a product of their environment. They're the creator of their own world. So it's, it's, it's an incredibly powerful thing. When I went through it, I was transformed, and I was the person who <laughs> compiled this information. So I'm excited about it. So people can look me up on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Jerry Hall. Um, you know, I think, I don't know if you have uh, yeah, we're go to your website of, and have a picture of me. So that can, stuff together as well. Fantastic. So but I, I just believe, you know, that the, the good Lord is going to bring to me what he wants mm-hmm. to bring to me. So this is how you and I have met. You're in Thailand. I'm in northern. I'm in the mm-hmm. northern hemisphere. You know, um, in, in Canada, and it's amazing how I'm brought together with wonderful people like yourself. So I um, reach out to me. You can email me at info at newmillsuccess.com. Anybody worldwide can email me, and I'll get back to you. I'm just um, excited about sharing this and my own personal mm-hmm. mission statement. Yeah, like you were saying is to educate, inspire people to discover and live the life they're intended to live. That is a live. powerful one. That is, That's um, my mission statement. It is, uh, and I tell them, Jerry, you got to try and find a global mission statement and then your mission statement per each in, uh, situation that come arise in your life. Yes. And never be afraid of any situation that comes. Sit down and find that mission statement because I'll tell you, God is my witness. You will come out. Abraham didn't get have one. God kept coming to him and says, you're going to be a father of many nations. And he said, oh, he thought he was going yeah. to do it with Lot. He says, you're going to be a father of many nations. He brought up uh, Ishmael. And God is trying to tell him, no, it's you and Sarah. And he didn't have one. Yeah. So God did, did him a favor, Jerry. Changed his name from Abram yeah. to Abraham. Abraham. It, Abraham it means yes. a father of many state, many nations. Gave him this mission statement, and guess what? He and Sarah got busy, as they say, and they got us a son. Yes, and that son <laughs> was a promise. And so, um, everyone, I love your mission statement. Um, everyone, get it. I, I'm so glad that he said all of those things. We're going to provide those. Uh, also so you can have access. Get into the class once he has all of those things together because the whole purpose about this life is that you are greater than the sum of all of that information that they have uh, deposited in you. And Jerry has a class by which you will be able to delve in and control your thoughts because that's where it starts. And once you control your thoughts, you will be able to control your life. 
Jerry, thank you for coming by Threads of Enlightenment and enlightening us with such a powerful story. Thank you so much. Ken, I'll tell you, it's been an honor, and I'm looking forward to this. And I got a feeling this is not going to be the last time you and I speak. We're going to become brothers in this thing, so I appreciate it. It's been a wonderful time, and I again thank you wholeheartedly for thank having you, me sir. here this Next morning. time I want, uh, we're going live, we want to do this thing live. We're working on that, and I want to, you to bring your wife because Good. I want to meet her. So we can have this conversation about um, a powerful woman behind a a, a family. So oh. we can have a good time. Yeah, you, you know what? I, I tell her she is quite shy when uh-huh. it comes to this stuff. But I said, honey, I said, honey, you're a tiger. You're a force. You're a force uh, to be reckoned with. She has wisdom and all the uh, different things that we need yeah. to uh, hear so that uh, people outside, not just women, but people need to hear, and uh, Jesus made a statement, those who have ears, let them hear. So that means that there are people out there that are waiting to hear things because there's a responsibility uh, laid up in that statement when he says, let them hear, so they must be ready. And I believe she has some of that stuff that we can um, put out there for people to to grab. So next time I'll grab both of you guys. Thanks, Jerry. All right. Fantastic. (laughs) You have a good day, sir. God bless you. Thank you very much. Everyone who's listening to this broadcast, we hope to continually help you to learn how to embrace moments of darkness because it is in the darkness that we learn how to develop and use our abilities to truly see those parts of ourselves often invisible to us in the light. It becomes your responsibility to navigate through all of your trials to find out who you truly are and begin your journey to loving yourself, which is possibly one of the most difficult things you will ever do in your life. To love yourself and to find the real you. But always remember to enjoy the journey. Thank you for coming by. Please subscribe. And if you can support us financially, we deeply appreciate it. You can do this by hitting the heart button. Until next time, invite your family, friends, neighbors, anyone that you can. You can hear us on Buzzsprout, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Music, iHeartRadio, CastBox, Overcast, and many more. Everyone who's listening to this broadcast, we hope to continually help you to learn how to embrace moments of darkness, because it is in the darkness that we learn how to develop and use our abilities to truly see those parts of ourselves often invisible to us in the light. It becomes your responsibility to navigate through all of your trials to find out who you truly are and begin your journey to loving yourself, which is possibly one of the most difficult things you will ever do in your life. To love yourself and to find the real you. But always remember to enjoy the journey. Thank you for coming by. Please subscribe. And if you can support us financially, 
We deeply appreciate it. Until next time, invite your family, friends, neighbors, anyone that you can. You can hear us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Music, iHeartRadio, CastBox, Overcast, and many more.